You're listening to Sermon Audio from Grace Community Church of Gresham, Oregon. For more information about service times and ways to follow us online, please go to gracecc.net. That's gracecc.net. And thanks for joining us. Good morning, Grace. Hey, it's good to see you. It's good to, or rather, be seen by you, I guess. Um, Definitely miss you guys. It's almost cliche at this point, but uh, can't wait for us to get back together again. If you're new here visiting, you've come on a good Sunday. We're starting our new series, as Sarah mentioned earlier. Um, we're, we're calling it Life in the Desert. It's a series out of the somewhat obscure book of Numbers. It's the fourth book in the, in the Old Testament. But it's really just a continuing story of God rescuing and redeeming a people for himself as he calls them out of, out of, out of slavery and, and, is, and is leading them into life. And so... The book of Numbers is all about God making a covenant with his people. And unfortunately, we're going to see over the next few weeks that God's people aren't, aren't as faithful as, as he'd hoped. And they end up breaking the covenant. But God remains faithful and he always provides a way back if his people would just trust him and put their faith in him and obey and walk with him. So over the next seven weeks, we're going to preach uh, seven different messages out of this book, and hopefully it's going to be encouraging to you, and hopefully it's going to equip you to, to, to walk in obedience with the Lord, even through the deserts of life that we experience. So I'm going to pray, and we're just going to dive in. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you for your, your presence in our life. I thank you for your word. Father, I ask today that you would help us to see you for who you are, that we would understand more of you today, and that, that you would, you would uh, draw us close to you. We love you and we thank you for your word. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So our text is from Numbers chapter 6, verses 22 to 27. I'm going to read that, so let's, let's read that together. The Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron and his sons, this is how you are to bless the Israelites. Say to them, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. So they will put my name on the Israelites and I will bless them. Now, this might be the most familiar part of the book of Numbers. I mean, many of you know this as the benediction. Whether you're in a Jewish synagogue or Catholic church or Christian church, oftentimes this very verse is either spoken or even sung over the congregation at the end of a message. When I was a kid in church, not my favorite place as a kid, when when they started talking about the benediction, Oh man, I loved it. That was my favorite part of the service because I knew it was going to be within moments I was going to be back with my buddies on our BMX bikes cruising through the neighborhood, tearing it up. But these aren't just some nice words that, that are spoken at the end of a church service. This is a blessing. Okay, This is, this is a, the full radical blessing of God over a people who don't have it all together. There, there are people who more times than not are rebellious towards God. And they needed to hear the blessing of God. And today we too need to hear this blessing and understand what it really means. Now, I spend a lot of my time working with students. And 
oftentimes students have some pretty weird ideas and concepts of who God is. And one of the, one of the common misconceptions they have about God is that he's like this, this angry, disgruntled police officer that's just overjoyed when he's delivering the ticket, just loves to prosecute, loves to um, issue the violation. He's happy about it. Or, or like the, the old angry man, you know, get out of my yard, kids. They, they, think, they, they think of God in these terms. And, and maybe you think of God in those kind of terms. But that idea doesn't come from the scripture. That idea is something that you get from somewhere else. Maybe your dad. I don't know, as dads, we don't do justice sometimes, I'll tell you that. But, but when you look at the Bible, you don't see a God like that. From the very beginning of the Bible, we see a God who desires to bless his people. When, when God in Genesis 1 is, is creating order out of chaos, and, and he, he, he plants the garden, and he, he creates man and woman in his image, and he puts them in this garden, what's the first thing he says to them? He doesn't give them a bunch of rules and, and, and to, you know, make sure, hey, make sure you don't cross this line. He's not like that. I'm sure there's boundaries and parameters, and that's important. But the first thing he tells them is he blesses them. He says, be fruitful and multiply. He says, it basically says, have kids. Man, have, have grandkids. Because we all know that grandkids are better than kids. At least we're finding that. I'm kidding. I have amazing kids. But, but you know my granddaughter, Maya, she's a year and a half. And I mean, she is a joy. And there's a blessing in, in kids. And by the way, I've got two more granddaughters on the way, one in September, one in October. Amazing blessing. But, but this is what God's all about. He says, he says, be fruitful, multiply. Man, garden, enjoy the land, enjoy the provision that I have laid out for you. And, and walk with me in that. And experience my blessing. And, and later in Genesis 12, when he, when he talks to Abram, remember what he says to this guy, Abram, he calls him out from this land and he says, Abram, I'm going to bless you. And not only that, but I am going to bless all the people on the earth through you. And so we see from the scripture that it's God's will, it's God's desire that, that all people, that all nations, every ethnic people group, every tongue, tribe, and nation, every socioeconomic group is, is going... God's desire is to bless them, not to curse them, as some people often think. And so Israel is through, is this nation through whom this blessing is going to come. And as they walk with God and they, they, they <clears throat> experience his, his blessing, it's his desire that they become that blessing to the nations. And ultimately that blessing is going to be realized in the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who has come to give his life as a ransom for many, to open the door for all of us to be connected back with God. And so God's deepest desire is blessing. And so when God tells Moses, say these words, tell the priest to, to say these words to my people, they need to get it right, and God's people need to listen and really hear what this communicates. And today we, we need to listen and hear what, what this is communicating to us? What is God's posture towards us? And remember the context of what's going on here. These are, these are the very people that not too long ago were building a golden calf and, and worshiping the, this idol while Moses was up on the mountain talking to God. Moses calls these people a stiff-necked and rebellious people. And they're a lot like us. 
They don't, they don't have it all together. They, they, they grumble sometimes. They, they, they like to talk behind each other's backs. They, they do stupid things. Anyone? They're a lot like us in a lot of ways. But instead of giving the people what they truly deserve, I mean, this is one of those passages that, that when I read it in the Bible, I say, man, if I was God, I wouldn't be saying those words. But thank God I'm not God, neither are you. So let's, let's listen to the words he says. What, what, is, what is God's position towards these people? He says, the Lord bless you and keep you. Now, now the Hebrew word for bless literally, literally means to kneel. And it's not a kneeling in submission. It's like, like a father would kneel down to, to bless and to provide and to speak affirmation into the life of his kids. He says, he says I, I want to bless you. I want to be there for you. I, I, I want to be there and use my resources even to, to make sure you experience that blessing. I want to keep you. And in, in keeping, there, there, there's, a, there's a protection there. And so when God blesses his people, he's saying, look, I delight in you. And, and not only am I throwing out this empty blessing, I'm going to go to great expense, even the greatest expense, to make sure that you experience my blessing. Man, do you know God like that? Do you know the God who desires to bless you and to keep you? I mean, that's the God we, we come across in the scriptures. And, and the thing is, in this world we live in today, there's some weird ideas about blessing. There's some psychology around it that, that tells us, look, you don't need the blessing from anybody. You don't need to look outside yourself. You, you can bless yourself. But if you've lived very long here, you, you know that just doesn't work. The idea is that, that if you looked outside for someone to bless you, you're basically giving up your power. You're, you're losing your own identity, but nothing can be further from the truth. Man, we are created in the image of God. We are social beings. We thrive under blessing. I mean, th think, think about you, you parents that have kids. Think about how your kids just light up when you, when you find something they're doing and they're doing well and you, you affirm that in them. And you say things like, man, well done. Good job. And it means something. We, we thrive under blessing. And sometimes this is why you attempt to impress other people. What you're really looking for is, is a blessing from them. You want them to see your value. This is why you sometimes, I don't know, overinflate your profiles and, 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 and your posts. Well, not you, but, you know, people like you. Because you're looking ultimately for a blessing. You want those on the outside to speak affirmation into your life. And the, there's, there's nothing wrong with, with blessing each other, and we should do that. But, but the problem comes when we remove God from the equation. And then things just go completely sideways because what happens is, is we're so desperate for that blessing that, that we, we, we start either exploiting other people to get it. Remember the story of Jacob and Esau? Or we allow ourselves to become exploited. You know, I've worked in student ministry a long time and I've seen a lot of people, especially some young girls, come through our ministry and they never received that blessing from their father. They, they never understood and knew the Lord like this. And so they're looking in all the wrong places for that blessing. And often they're looking to guys that really blessing is the last thing they have on their minds. 
And, and it's tragic. It's tragic because, because God wants to, to bless us. And so that's the problem. But, but here's the solution. The solution is right here in our text. And the Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. Because if we have the blessing of God, if we believe him and, and understand what he says about us, then we don't need to go out and look for, uh, look for our identity, look for our value in, in, the, in what other people think because we're, we're, we're rock solid in what God thinks. Now, blessings from others, again, they're important, but if we have the blessing of God, they're not essential. One, one pastor said, blessings from others, it's like icing on the cake, but it's not the cake. It's like gravy on the biscuits, but it's not the biscuits. It's nice, it's, it's, it's important, but it doesn't define us. God's word defines us. And it's God's blessing that will ultimately bring us peace, the peace that we all desire, and ultimately peace with him. Now the people, these people in the book of Numbers, they're getting ready to head out into the wilderness, out into the, 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 the desert, and it's scary out there. I mean, yes, there's beauty in the wilderness, but there's, there's danger and there's peril out there. There's poisonous snakes out there. There's scorpions. There's no water. There's no shelter. In the desert, you're exposed. There's grumbling out there. There's pain. But the desert can also be a place of refuge. It can be a place where we meet God. I mean, just think through, the, think through the scriptures. David met God out in the desert and he connected with him and, and was refreshed in his spirit. Moses met God in the desert. And now God's bringing his people out of slavery into this, this desert. And he's calling, that, calling them to, to, to trust him, to follow after him. And he says, I'm for you. I will provide for you. So it's going to get a, a bit rough for these guys as they move out into an unknown territory. There's going to be a sense of being misplaced. And dare I say it? I don't want to say I'm going to say it. It's going to be a new normal for them. Sorry, you probably heard that 10 times already this morning. But, but they're, 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 there's something comfortable about the normal, about, the, about things we know. I mean, even if that, even if that normal is slavery in Egypt... And God understands that. He knows this. And he's calling his people to follow them into this new situation. And he's calling them to trust him and to walk in obedience. And so the next few weeks, we'll, we'll walk with these guys. We'll see how they do. And this blessing that God offers is not some cheesy, just, you know, hashtag be blessed kind of thing. No, the, the blessing is as powerful as the one doing the blessing. And, and his blessing might not always be in the ways that, that they want. It might not always be in the way that we want. It may not always be according to their timing or our timing. But God is faithful. He has an impeccable track record on faithfulness. What's yours like? And what's mine like? And so we'll see how they do. And maybe we can learn something from their journey. But look at what else, look at what he tells the priest to, to say to the people next. He says, okay, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. 
Now, the face of God in the scripture is his relational presence. We know that God is present everywhere, but he's not relationally connected to everyone. It's like me, when I'm upstairs with my students and my staff on a Sunday morning, I mean, it, it's a beautiful mess up there. It's, it's controlled chaos. I mean, the coffee bar's going, the worship team's getting ready to, to, to lead us. There's people laughing. There's parkour going on up there, backflips. Um, there's people trying to hide on their phones. We try and seek them out and invite them into relationship. But me and my staff, we're present with all the students. But what you'll often find is one of is myself or a staff member sitting one-on-one talking to a student about a significant issue in their life. And our posture is, our face is, is, is toward them. It's shining on them. It's delighting in them. It, it's wanting to enter into their life and be, be connected with them. We, we, we want to provide for them any way we can. Protect them from decisions that they might make that, that ultimately will hurt them. And that's the kind of relationship that God wants to have with, with his people. That's the kind of relationship God wants to have with you and with me. That's his posture towards us. But the problem is, ever since, ever since the beginning, Adam and Eve, you know the story, we turned away and we decided, ah, we'll do life on our own terms. The, the face of God was, was kind of removed from us. And so our, our, our sin separated us from God. Remember, well, of course you don't remember when I, when I taught on Good Friday, but there was that passage in Isaiah that, that, that we pointed out. Isaiah says about God, he says, his arm isn't too short that he can't save you or his ears not too plugged up or heavy that he can't hear. Your sins, our sins have separated us from God. And so when he tells Moses to tell them to make his face, that the Lord make his face shine upon you, Moses got to be scratching his head because it wasn't too long ago that God told Moses when Moses said, hey, I want to see your face. And God said, nobody can see my face and live because of the sin problem. So what's the solution here? What's going on here? It's grace. It's God's amazing grace and be gracious to you. Without grace, it is impossible for God to to shine his face on us. Unless God does something and removes that sin, we will never have the relationship with God that he desires and that we so desperately need. And that's why this is often spoken at the end of the ceremony, the end of the service. The, The sacrifices have been made. The atonement has been made. And now and only now can God say, my face will shine on you. But those sacrifices, we we know scripture tells us the blood of bulls and goats could never remove sin, never take away the sin. They were a shadow that pointed to the substance who is Jesus Christ, who took your sin and my sin upon himself and went to the cross and bore our sin so that that sin could be taken away as far as the east is from the the west and we we could have a relationship again with God. Look at what the author of Hebrews says about this. He says, day after day, uh, uh, priests stand and performs his religious duties. Again and again, he offers the same sacrifice, which can never take away sins. This was the shadow, not the substance. But when this priest, that is Jesus, had offered for all time one sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. And since that time, he waits for his enemies to be made his footstool. For by one sacrifice, he has made perfect forever 
those who are being made holy. In 2 Corinthians 4, for God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God displayed in the face of Christ. And you can't miss this. God's primary desire is to bless and not to curse. He's gone completely out of his way. He's given everything so that we could enter into a relationship with him and experience and walk in his blessing. He wants to have that kind of relationship with you. It's amazing. And it, and it, and it depends not on your merit. It depends solely on his grace. Man, will you believe that today? Man, we got to sing about that. Thank you, Sarah and worship team. That's, that's true. Every blessing he pours out, man, it should cause us to turn back and praise him. And so as we, as we enter in and we receive the grace that God gives us, look, 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 what, he, look what he finishes up with. He says, he says, and then tell your people, the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. And the full presence of God. And that peace that God gives is, 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 is the, that, that wholeness it's the well-being. It's not only a peace deep within our soul, but it's, our, it's a peace with God. No longer enemies alienated from God. His face is shining fully on them, inviting them into relationship, inviting us into that kind of relationship. Now, as a Christian, man, you and I, we're on a journey with God. And, and he's going to lead us to places like the desert that, that aren't going to be comfortable. We, we might not have chosen the, that path ourselves, but he calls us to trust him. And at times there's going to be suffering and, and there, there's going to be pain. And, and suffering and pain and trials, those aren't the blessings of God, but, but oftentimes they're the very channels that God uses to bring his grace and blessing into our lives. And I'm telling you, some of the most intimate times that I've ever had some of the most connected times I've ever experienced with the Lord were in some of the darkest days of my life. Some of the most painful, scary, insecure times in my life, the Lord showed up in ways I could have never imagined. I can't even really explain it. The blessing of God in the midst of difficult times. And so the journey's not easy, but we're called to remain faithful. And you can count on God to remain faithful. Again, his, his record is impeccable. He will be water to you when there is no water. He'll be food when you can't find food anywhere else. He will satisfy you in ways that nothing can. So trust him. Put your faith in him. You know, we just finished our series from the book of Galatians and, and we saw the Apostle Paul really pouring his heart out as, as, as this church had been had been kind of led astray from the gospel. The, these false teachers had come in and, and the, they were teaching that, that Jesus wasn't enough. It needed to be Jesus plus all these rules and regulations. And Paul knew that that was actually leading them away from the blessing of God. It actually was leading to death, not to life. And so Paul gets in there and he's all frustrated. He's like, what happened? False teachers happened. And there's, there's a false gospel in our day that, that says that the, the way you can measure the blessing of God is by how much money you have, how wealthy you are, how, how much health you are, how, how you're doing physically. 
We, we call it the, the health and wealth gospel or the prosperity gospel. And at its core, it's just, it's just not true. And I don't know what Bible these guys are reading. Because when I open the scriptures, my Bible says things like this, like, like blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Or, or blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness. It's theirs that's the kingdom of heaven. Or blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of things about you because of me. Or blessed are those whose transgressions are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Those are the ones that scripture says are blessed. Or the one who perseveres under persecution, under trial. Man, you go through the the New Testament and over and over again, man, there's no hint of material prosperity to, to demonstrate God's blessing. Oftentimes, the opposite is true. I mean, if you, you read the Bible, tip, typically blessing is either connected with poverty, whether that's of spirit or actual poverty, or trial, or even the spiritual benefits of being joined to Jesus Christ by grace through faith. Now look, I'm not saying that the Bible says you need to be poor and destitute, and, and that's how you experience the blessing of God. That's not true. And we know that every good and perfect gift comes from the Father. And, and, and there's nothing wrong with, with, with material pro, uh, possessions and provisions. Man, we love that. We praise God for those. But we have to remember every blessing, earthly material blessing, is temporal. It doesn't last. And it doesn't define the blessing of God. God's greatest blessing always, always rests in himself. And when we have him, man, we are truly, we can experience the blessing, his provision in, in, in whatever circumstance. His presence, his face, his favor, his graciousness towards us. And that's the greatest blessing we could ever know. And it's the only way that any of us are ever going to experience the kind of peace that we so desperately seek in so many different places. It's found in him. It's found in him. And he wants you to know that today. And do you know that today? And just sit back for a second and listen as our worship team sings this blessing over you. Listen to it. Internalize it. Let it wash over you. So as Christians, we have in Christ, the full blessing of God. All the promises in the Old Testament are yes in Christ. And, and we bear the name of God as, as we are called into his family. And, and we're called to walk in his blessing. But we're also called to be a blessing to others. And so I, I encourage you as parents, and look for ways to speak blessing into the lives of, of your kids. Find things they're doing well and affirm that. Uh, affirm, affirm who they are, their, their gifts. Find those at work and out in your community that you see sacrificing for the sake of other people and, and bless them and call them out. Point that out. It's important. And ultimately, point them to, to the one from whom all blessings flow. Point them to the Lord so they can experience the full blessing of God. We bear the name, may we live like it. And so the Lord bless you and keep you. 
The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face to you and give you peace. Thank you for joining us for Sermon Audio from Grace Community Church here in Gresham, Oregon. For more information about service times and ways to follow us online, please go to gracecc.net. That's gracecc.net.